Critical Role's Call of the Netherdeep is the newest official adventure path to hit 5e D&D. Set in Critical Role's world of Exandria, the adventurers will have to compete with a team of rivals to find their destiny and dive into a world of abyssal horrors and psychological trauma. An ancient hero and a demigod send messages and visions pleading for help, calling the adventurers deep into a place no mortal was meant to sink. Is it worth diving into? Well, we're going to go over everything that you need to know about this adventure path in today's episode. Call of the Netherdeep clocks in at 224 pages, which is nothing unusual for this type of adventure. I've seen some weird price discrepancies with some places trying to sell it for as much as $50, but I've also seen plenty of places sell it for as low as $30. So I'm fairly certain that the $29.99 price tag is intended to be the MSRP, so just watch out for any shop that's around you that might be trying to kick up the price a little bit. Call of the Netherdeep is a straight-up adventure, and the vast majority of the book is devoted to the adventure path itself. But we do get some extra goodies in the form of monsters and extra magic items to play with. In terms of hard stats, you can find all of the following things in Critical Role's Call of the Netherdeep. When it comes to Exandrian lore, me and my writer have watched a bit of Critical Role just like anybody, and I have a decent amount of knowledge on it, but I am definitely no critter, shall we say. But as someone who doesn't know the world inside and out, I found the refresher on Exandria and its cultures very helpful. As a DM, I felt the lore did a good job covering what I needed to know for the adventure, but I imagine it will have extra value for fans looking for extra tidbits of world building for their favorite setting. Call of the Netherdeep starts off in a very traditional D&D fashion, with a festival giving players a low-stakes opportunity to prove their worth in festival games, such as mazes and pie-eating contests. But it subtly sets the tone of the entire adventure as the players meet their rivals, so to speak, who will be their counterparts for the entire adventure and their early interactions are very important. During the final game, an amulet activates, broadcasting the Apothean's cry for help. A well-known figure who's supposed to be dead is calling on adventurers to save him, and destiny quite literally calls. Who it calls is an interesting question, though. In this early interaction, the players can screw it up, and the entire book is laid out with the assumption that either the players are following their destiny while fending off attempts to steal it by persistent rivals, or that the rivals have a destiny the players are persistently trying to steal themselves. This open nature of the rival-player dynamic speaks to the whole adventure. Halfway through the adventure, players will be able to select one of three factions to join in their pursuit of the sunken city, where the Apothean is said to be resting. And while each faction essentially goes after these same things, there's still a fun variety of quests and the factions do feel distinct and different from one another. Once the players get to their titular Netherdeep, they'll be treated to the psychological horror of all the demigods' baggage. The Netherdeep itself is formed by the Apotheon's memories and psychological problems that have been festering for hundreds of years. So taking a swim through that is... certainly a type of trip. The effect is, well very effective, and towards the end of the campaign, the mega-dungeon that is the Netherdeep shifts from horror to deep introspection, as the players are tasked with not only potentially freeing the demigod, but resolving his problems and redeeming him as well. I'm far from the first person to say this, but overall the campaign structure reminds me a lot of Tomb of Annihilation. Both start out exploring a festival atmosphere, followed by a city exploration section where you learn the location of the Mega Dungeon, another sequence of a different city exploration on top of the Mega Dungeon, with the final 40% or so taking place in the actual Mega Dungeon. Except in this case, the Mega Dungeon is 
far more of a psychological kind of dungeon and less of, well, traditional traps and stuff like that. I was a little worried about having so much of a campaign take place underwater, but it's usually in tight confines, so you're not having to deal with a ton of open space most of the time. I think the adventure is well designed, and the Mega Dungeon is incredibly interesting. And on top of that, the team of rivals will grow to be either beloved or hated NPCs for your players that, for better or worse, they will always remember. There are 37 stat blocks, but calling them all different or new is... a little bit deceptive. 15 of these stat blocks come from the 5 NPC rivals, with 3 iterations each as they advance in level and capability alongside the player characters. We also get three monsters that are reprints from the Explorer's Guide to Wildemount, so if this is your first entry into the world of Exandria, they'll be new to you, but are otherwise repeated content. That leaves us with 24 new monsters slash NPCs, with five of those being three iterations. Take it from that leaves us. That leaves us with 24 new monsters slash NPCs, with five of those having three iterations. All that said, I'm still impressed with the monsters that we got, and a lot of the NPC stats will be finding their way into my own games eventually. We get a particularly nice assortment of undersea monsters, and you better believe I'm going to be throwing a lot of those things at my players as well, since they often like to find themselves out on the water. When it comes to magic items, we get a lovely variety here, including some fun one-use magic items as rewards for the initial festival and a ton of Ruidium-infected items that can serve as all sorts of corrupted or cursed gear. One of the item slots is a reprint of the Breathing Bubble, but that's to be expected, and overall, I'm very happy with this offering of fun new trinkets. Big spoiler warning here, so go ahead and skip to this timecode if you want to miss this particular part, I completely understand. But in the final chapters, the players will need to find and absorb fragments of suffering in order to pass into the heart of the Netherdeep. This functions as interesting buffs and debuffs, as each one provides a benefit and a drawback themed around a psychological issue. Once again, the comparison to Tomb of Annihilation pops up in parallel with these, and the ancient spirits you could absorb. I wanted to mark these out especially as a wonderfully designed way to inject even more psychological horror and intrigue into the adventure, and they can be easily popped into another game as their own thing. So... Have fun doing that to your players out of nowhere. So what do we think is good about the book? Critical Role Call of the Netherdeep is interlaced with both excellent roleplay opportunities and interesting combat. Players will be able to enjoy exploring vast fantasy cities to chase down and save a legend from the imprisonment of their own despair. A lot of heart and thought has been put into this adventure, and while a large section takes place in the same dungeon, the first half of the book gives us a wide range of freedom and exploration leading up to that point. So what's bad about the book? Well, nothing's really particularly bad, but it can cause some sort of... It's more of a minor nitpick between me and my writer. We oddly agree on the same thing, that the big issue is the event towards the beginning of the adventure. Because the players can be easily, well they can easily be not destined to be heroes and instead they're rivals, there are some unfortunate pitfalls when it comes to player motivation if the early steps don't go quite right. And I'm sure all of you DMs out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I like that it included a fail state that keeps the adventure going, 
But if you run the adventure, I highly recommend giving the players a little nudge into getting that destiny feature. It's also an adventure that can represent some significant DM stress, especially depending on your experience level. As keeping track of the rival's attitudes and interactions with the players is very important, and there are a lot of opportunities to mess up their shifting allegiances and relationships. This is, however, a problem of plenty in that there's so much role-playing it can be hard to keep track of, but it's nothing an experienced DM couldn't handle, especially if that's the type of thing you really enjoy about being the Dungeon Master. For you critters out there, it likely doesn't matter at all what I have to say. You probably already pre-ordered this thing, and you more than likely just came to this video to make sure I didn't say some sort of outrageous hot take or anything objectively incorrect. So I'll address this to the players who are maybe less familiar with Critical Role or that have already written it off as a product for Critical Role fans. Uh, Call of the Netherdeep is a great adventure completely secular from its part of the Critical Role fan base. It does what Tomb of Annihilation set out to do only a little bit better in my opinion and with far more interesting roleplay. You don't need to know anything about Critical Role or Exandria to enjoy this adventure and everything you need is right in the book. If you're looking for a long-term adventure path, I highly recommend following Netherdeep's call and giving in. Our writer gave this a 9.5 out of 10. I think I'm a little bit more critical with an 8.5 out of 10. I like a little bit more intrigue at the beginning, like I mentioned. But regardless, we definitely give it a great score here at Skull Splitter Dice. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you're going to be running a Call of the Netherdeep campaign, I would really love to hear about your plans down in the comments. What characters are you thinking of running? Are you really into Critical Role and that's why you're doing it? Are you completely not into Critical Role? Are any of you guys hate playing this adventure out there? I just, I kind of want to know what the state of it is with everyone. I... I thought everyone was going to really love Strixhaven, but that ended up being a divisive issue. So I just, I, I'm curious what you guys all think of it. So let me know down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.